good to see faces. Isn't it good to see faces? I, I, I'm, I, I really get tired of not being able to actually see somebody's face. You know, it's like, man, what do they really look like? You know, <laughs> but we can actually see each other's faces here. And, and it's such a blessing to have each person here this morning. My name is Pastor Stephen, and this is my wife, Kim. And uh, we just want to welcome you, if this is your first time, that, that we have a passion uh, to serve God in his kingdom. And he's got a specific purpose for right here in Liberty Hill that we want to be a part of, however we can. And our passion and our desire is for people to know Jesus. I, I, was, just, I was just loving the presence of Jesus this morning. Amen. Uh, you know, it's, it's not people. I'm, I'm so thankful that he moves through people. But I'm thankful that it's about him. It takes all the pressure off of us. Amen. <laughs> and we can just know. And I just know that for you today, for everybody in this place today, there's an encounter that is your opportunity with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. This is not religion. This is relationship. And you can be transformed today in the presence of Jesus. And this is kind of what I want to go to is um, he's real. He's here, he's, he's a person. He's, he's, a, he's a personality that you can actually talk to and you can share things with. Uh, and so we've been talking about how uh, Jesus' passion, you know, at the end of his life, he was talking about us to his father. He said, Father, I have to leave him here. And I'm going to pray that, that when I leave, that they're going to still get to be one with me and with you. And he sends his Holy Spirit to help us do that, right? But, you know, we could almost be a little bit jealous of those disciples, right? Because they got to walk around with Jesus. But if you notice, they didn't get it all down in three years. They were with Jesus that whole time, and still they messed up big time, didn't they? They still messed up big time, <laughs> Because it's not just about what you, sometimes I think what you can see with your eyes can disable what you really need to see with your heart. Because it's what your, it's, it's what your heart sees that is going to help you to go through something. So, so Jesus, he knew, man, his disciples were going to go through some major storms. They're going to go through some really uh, tribulation. And he knew that... The, the, the promise he could give them was not that they wouldn't go through it, but they would go through it with him. And here's the key for us today. And I, and I think there's a challenge for us. And, and I, I want to just, uh, I, so we're going to be looking at, um, okay. We're going to be looking at um, weathering the storm. So we've been looking at that for a, a few weeks now. And different aspects of that. You know what? Things might be cool right now, but someday there's going to be a storm come your way. And I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling some storms right now. And we, but we saw how important it is that you're, you're living in the right place. You're living in a home that's prepared for it, right? And that you know who you are living in that place. You have some authority. So we've looked at that in some different aspects. What I want to look at today is about this refuge. A lot of times when you're going through something, remember when the disciples were on the boat and, the, and it's about to go down? When you're going through a storm, 
All you can see is the storm. All you want is the answer. Give me the answer right now. And I was thinking about it like this. (laughs) How many have ever had a toothache? Man. I last, this just this last year, man. Oh, I had, it was just, you know, you can't sleep. You can't, you know, it just hurts. And, and what do you do? Finally, I'm saying finally for me because that's how it is with me with these kinds of things. Finally, I say, where's the dentist? I'm going to the dentist. (laughs) And so Laura knows what I'm talking about. These people that wait till the very end, you know, to to finally go, right? You're supposed to do this all the time. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm not revealing very good things about me right now, but... Just bear with me. You know what I'm talking about, though. There's, there's those kinds of things, and young people don't even relate to this at all, but there's a point where your teeth actually start hurting really bad. And, and here's what happens. This, this is what happened to me when I go into the desert. Oh, they have it set up like, man, this is home. This, this is where you want to be. These people are cool. They have movies showing. You know, They make you feel better like right now. The doctor comes in. He's smiling at you. I'm thinking, man, we're going to be buddies for life. <laughs> their purpose is not to be buddies for life with you. Their, their purpose is to fix you and see you in six months when they want to clean your mouth and try to find something else wrong with you, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Laura, I'm sorry about that. But, <laughs> but at the moment of a storm, at the moment of, a, of, of something that you're going through, You go to get the answer of that thing from the person that has the answer from it. But once you get the answer, what do you normally do? And this is where I'm at, a confession time again. My teeth are feeling fine right now. I haven't seen the dentist for a while, okay? (laughs) Why? Because my deliverance from that storm is not not a relationship. Does that make sense? And so many, many times, uh, and I'm just going to give you the crux of where I'm going today, but I, and then I'll get into some scriptures that'll support this. But so, so much the danger in, in getting freedom from a storm, because right now I, I believe the church is rising. I believe there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a stirring for righteousness right now. There's a stirring for get me through this storm. And right now, for a lot of people, and I don't know, you know, I don't know which side of the aisle you're on or anything else, but for right now, November 3rd is where this is going to change or not change or whatever it's going to be. But it's like, that's where we're going towards. But you know what? There's so much more. (laughs) You might get the tooth fixed for now, (laughs) but there's more storms coming. And it's very important, this, this relationship that we have with God and, and that Jesus was talking about, it's something where it's not about him just fixing you. I, I believe this is a very, uh, even, even for those who are in the body of Christ, you can get into the word and you can get into standing on the word for this, standing on the word for that, because you want to get an answer. You want to get through the storm. But do you really want to have a relationship with the one who is the answer? He doesn't just have the answer. He is the answer. Amen? 
man, I, I, I've, I've seen this, and we'll get to some uh, examples of this. But our relationship with God, he will, he'll, he'll, he'll restore our soul. He'll deliver us from things. But he's not just doing that so that we can go back out and eat candy again. Does that make sense? Right? So I want to... I want to look at this refuge versus reward that we're experiencing when we're going to God. Because I believe that it's so necessary for us to have God in our life right now if we're going to go through any storm. We don't know what storm's coming up. You know, we've, we've gone into this in detail. You, you, it's, it's the storm that you're prepared for that you go through. And some people, you know, out in California, I mean, these houses are burning down. It's because they weren't prepared for that kind of storm. They could be million, million dollar houses. You know, they had several million dollars. They'll still burn down because they're not ready for that. You almost have to go underground. You know, you have to do. Actually, I worked for an electrician out there for a while uh, out in the Hollywood area. And, and there, was a, there was a movie uh, producer's house that we were doing some electrical work on uh, up in the hills in, in Hollywood. And, and you drive up to it and you can't even see it from the street. Because it's ready for a fire. It's underneath the ground. It's really kind of cool. You, you go to it and you can go underneath the ground to get to it. Anyway, that, but, but if you're not ready for, for the storm that's coming, and here's the thing. In Christ, we have the, that ability. In him, we can. Amen? All right. So, a couple things I just want to look at real quick. Here's the challenge we have with God right now. And each one of us, I believe, are challenged in this. We live in a world where we see things and we learn things from what we see. And we learn to respond and to experience things by what we see, don't we? And the, the challenge with this is we are not just physical beings. We're spirits. In fact, the spirit realm is more real than what we can see. It's more real than that. But I believe this is partly what Jesus was going through in his struggle at, 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 just before he goes up into heaven. He says, they have to know us, Father. They have to know us. Not in a dentist relationship, but in a personal relationship where they know us. We're, we're the deliverer. We're the, we're the redeemer but we're also, there's a relationship to be had. Amen? So here's the challenge I believe we have. It's to have a relationship with someone who is not seen, heard, or even sensed in the natural realm. And you know, uh, we're here this morning to experience, has anybody seen Jesus with your natural eye this morning? If, if you have, that's wonderful. Some people have, you know. But that's not something we can count on daily, is it? So there, there's, there's this challenge that we have. He is the God of creation. He's the God who will take us through a storm. But we have to put our trust in this being that we can't even see. We can't even feel him. <laughs> have you ever been challenged in that? Because most of the time we're just... We, we go to church, and, and I, believe, I, I appreciate the testimony, and there's, there's faithfulness. When a heart commits unto just to be in the presence of God, there's a reward in that. There's a reward in that. Amen? Uh, 
But that relationship isn't just going to need to be one that happens once a week or even midweek. He wants a relationship that is continual because it's in the day of trouble that you need him to be there. Not just as a dentist. I, this is my problem. I, I had another issue with this. I had a crown come off. Don't you like that? I mean, I had a crown come off after I had had the root canal done twice. Actually, it's, you know, the root canal with three roots in there, you know, so you're in. Do you like, anybody like root canals? Anybody develop a relationship with your root canal specialist? Uh, not necessarily. So anyway, I did have to go back in. And, uh, uh, and maybe this is too revealing, but. I, I didn't remember the name right away. How many have had that happen? You know, you, you, you went like three years ago and you, and you got something and, and like, what was that address? What was the name? And, you know, thankfully we have phones. That, you know, we can just, we can go find. But, you know, what if your phone crashed? Contact information is so important, isn't it? To, 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 to be able to contact but sometimes even with God, I think sometimes we're, we're not even communicating enough to even remember, let's see, where was that scripture? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's also important keeping it about who they are and not just what they do. So there's, Jesus is in this room right now and he's here and we talk about it, how he's here to bless us. Amen? He's, he's here to, whatever your st storm's going on in your life, he's here to take you through that. Amen? But you know what the passion of the Father God is and the passion of Jesus right now is? Is to be your friend. To be your continual companion. For, you know, I, I think this is one of the things that, that caused Jesus grief in his heart. Remember at, at the end, they're getting ready to persecute him. And he says, so for what good thing that I did, are you going to do this to me? He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And why did he do that? All right, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit. Let's go into uh, John 16, 33. So this is kind of the scripture we've been looking at for a little while. Um, cheer comes from Jesus Overcome, his overcoming. And, and I've, I've always seen this and it's always kind of been a puzzling thing for me. Jesus says, and everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. I have conquered the world. Now, I've always thought, well, I'm glad for that, but what's the implication here? He doesn't say, and because you're in me, you're gonna be cheerful because I've overcome the world. He doesn't give that link in there, but, but there's, this, there's this connection that is, is implied. It does no good for me to know somebody that's victorious if I'm not in a personal relationship with them. 
Have you ever known somebody that likes to drop names? You know, of people that they've encountered or something or people that they know, you know? <laughs> and, and maybe they don't really know them all that well. It doesn't do any good to drop that I'm a Christian, that I, that I know this. And I've experienced this. You know, I don't want to be judgmental, but sometimes there's going to be evidence in your life. There's going to be the joy of the Lord. There's going to be a victory even though you're going through a storm. Amen? And it begins, it's like, it's like Rob and uh, Tammy again. If you were to have seen them, was it a year ago, I think? They, they've been transformed. You can see it on somebody. When they begin to just respond to the word of God, to the presence of God, to what Jesus, his, his presence in their life, it begins to transform who you are. Because he said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. There's this implication. He's not just talking to the whole world. He's talking to those that come to him, that are living in him, that are breathing in him. Okay. So, all right. I'm going to hit a few of these. Are you doing good this morning? Are you still awake? You need to punch somebody? Look around, see if anybody's... Uh, Anybody's slipping a little bit? Okay. God's revelation of not just what he has to provide, but who he actually is. So the first person in the Bible that began to set us on this path that we're on right now, how many, uh, how many were in children's church where they say, Father Abraham, how many sons, many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them, right? What, what, what was it about Abraham that set him apart is he began to believe in God above what God could just do for him. He began to believe what God said. God said, and, and you know, the promise that Abraham got from God, the biggest promise he received from God, he never saw with his eyes on this earth, did he? He said, you're going to be a father of many nations, right? And he never saw it. But what he did is he believed God. He believed God in a relationship with God. So here's, here's, here's partly why, because, I, you know, I, I've, I've, I've thought about that. Abraham must have gone through some, he needed some revelation of who this God was. He's talking to God. And he doesn't have all the, all the scriptures we have. He's just talking. You know, we said this. This is a challenge. An unseen being. And he's experiencing this unseen being. And this, this, this being is saying things to him. So this is one of the things that he said. And I, I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. He's helping, he's helping Abraham understand this relationship thing. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And this is after Abram had gone out and he had defeated some armies and had an experience with a, a priest and stuff. And, and, and then God speaks to him. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And this is kind of where I want to get to today. What is God for us in the storm that we're going through? He needs to be more than just the answer. He needs to be our reward. So what I thought was interesting about this, he didn't say, I'm your shield maker. 
I'm the uh, dispenser of shields. Right? <laughs> he, he doesn't say, I'm the one that will give you a medallion when you make it through successfully. <laughs> he, he said, I am your shield. I am. So I'm trying to take that to a place where it can be real for me. What I need, especially the more I get to know God, is not to just have somebody wave over me and have things get better. It's for me to know God in my relationship with God and have my talking to him face to face be transferred into nothing can touch me here. Does this make sense? And I want to challenge us in this. God doesn't just want us to be the one that we talk to in a holy voice, in a religious connotation. You know, let's see, how should I pray when I'm actually talking to God? <laughs> well, I, I'm loving this for myself. I, okay, y'all are just getting to, to get in on what I, I, I'm, I'm, because you know, I, I even just did this yesterday. I just sat and I, I just started talking to God about things I'm going through. You know, rather than trying to get, I mean, I, I, I'll get the scriptures in there and I'll make that part of it. But sometimes we just have to bear our hearts before God. You know what I mean? And be real. Because that's when he's with us then. When we don't try to pretend like he's far away and we have to persuade him somehow to do something for us. He's already done it in Christ. Amen. So, but but we have to we have to get on the side of being with God in a real way where he's a real being that we're talking to. Amen? Because he, God's saying here to Abraham, he said, "I'm not just wanting to be the fixer. I want to be your answer." I want it to be that when you're in me, that's everything that you'll ever need. Amen? All right. Praise God. So when you get the Lord, you get strength, defense, salvation. What do we say that the, the God said? He declared this to Abraham. He said, I am your shield and very great reward. <laughs> I wrote this song for my wife to sing. It's one of my favorite ones. It says, my reward, the desire of my heart, it's you. And again, I know, I know I'm talking to people, we, we know God on different levels, you know, each one of us. But man, let's be challenged this morning to know God in this way. Amen? When you know him, you don't know somebody that's just giving you strength. And again, go with me to this place where we're, we're not just getting something from God. Amen? We're not just getting defense. We're not just getting salvation. We're getting him. All that stuff is in him. Let's, let's get away from separating it. What did you get from God? No, I, he is that in me now. You know, I, I've heard that actually in a place where, where we serve. It's like, what do you want to get from God today? It's like, ah, he is that. I don't want to get something from him. I want him. <laughs> I just want him. Is that all right? Can you let me be this way? <laughs> I don't know. I just got excited there for a second. Okay. 
Psalm 29.10, he's the king over the flood. I love that song we sing. (laughs) Hide me now. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. So when I I saw this one, I thought, you know what? I just got to put this one in here. Because if we're going through a flood, if we're going through a storm, do we just need to get out of that storm or do we need to get the one who's king over the storm? You know, you can just get a little Band-Aid for something or you can get the one that is the answer for all of it. Amen? Praise God. He himself is not, he, he, he not just provides fortress, safety, and rock of our strength. For you are my high fortress where I'm kept safe. It's not saying you provide that for me. He says, no, you are. Can we see this difference this morning? You are to me a stronghold of salvation. When you deliver me out of this peril, it will bring glory to your name. As you guide me forth, I'll be kept safe from the hidden snares of the enemy, the secret traps that lie before me. For you have become my rock. You have become my rock. You have become. I believe there's, there's this becoming that is necessary. We get saved. We receive Jesus as our Lord. But then there's this becoming of him. It doesn't have to be a negative. For me, it's hope. If what I am right now is all, I'm kind of a little bit discouraged. But if I can become, if I can go towards this, where he's all these things in my life. Amen? Boy, there is weathering of any storm when you're with him. When you're with him. Amen? So I want to look at this passage. This is such a precious passage. You know, uh, we were talking about in men's on, on, uh, on Thursday... Just the difference between David and, and Saul, you know, and, and uh, what made David a, a man after God's own heart was that he just kept coming back to God. And, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't what God was going to do for him necessarily. It was just that he had to have God. Amen? It made me think of that song I, Sandra kind of introduced to us as nothing else. You know, there's a song, nothing else. Uh, in fact, what does it say? I'm sorry for making it about anything else, right? Like, uh, I'm sorry for just, uh, I'm sorry for being diverted to, to what I just want to get from you. I, I want it to be you. Why would we miss out on him just because of what we can get from him? Amen. God's perspective of our relationship. So, so whenever you have a relationship, there's two parts to it, isn't there? Well, at least two parts, right? <laughs> and then, then you get into a relationship and there becomes a whole bunch of parts, right? <laughs> you get the little creatures and whatnot. You get other, other things that are part of it. But, but there's a different perspective and this is usually what's going on in a marriage. There's different perspectives of your marriage, right? This is a big thing between men and women. Women have this, man, they need to be talked to. They need for you to listen to them. They need for... <laughs> And the men said, I just want a meal when I get, I don't know, I don't know. 
But you know, there's different perspectives on, on these things. And, and we come into a relationship with Jesus, all we're wanting to do is miss hell. You know, we just don't want to, we just don't want to perish. You know, Jesus, Jesus said he didn't want anybody to perish. Well, I don't want to perish either, so I'm going to get saved. But we don't realize that what, what God is seeing in the salvation that we get in Christ is so much more. It's so much more. He's looking, it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like he's the, the, the wife side of things, you know? He's just wanting way more, you know? <laughs> and he's probably invested a whole lot more. So anyway, I think it's really interesting, this, this Psalm 139. It's like David kind of reveals how God is looking at how he wants it to be. In fact, this is his, you know, if you could just get... A person on one side of the relationship to have a passion, it can actually affect the other side. Amen? And that's what God's wanting to have happen for us in our relationship with him. He's saying, if I can just be, that's what he did in Christ. He said he loves us so much that he gave. He didn't say, man, I just wish they would get it together so I could love them somehow. No, he, he, he initiated it. He's so passionate about us. Amen. And so I love this. I'm just going to read it because I like to read it. So just bear with me. No, no, go here with me because it's really going to be good. His amazing, uninterrupted passion for us. This is how God's looking at us. For the pure and shining one, King David's poetic song. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul. And you understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book. And you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. This kind of sounds like Something other than a dental relationship, right? You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. Isn't that a wonderful statement? With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep, and incomprehensible. For your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from you, Spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant, man, he's really getting poetic now, isn't he? Radiant sunset, man, he's making. <laughs> All right, I won't go there. All right, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide from me or hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. Now, okay, let me keep going here. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There's no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. 
I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who created me to be before I became me. Before I had ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in, every, in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. Don't you like that with me thing at the end there? You're still with me. This is a description of God's perception of our relationship with him. Now, can we kind of go to the other side of this and say, I know we're not going to know God when he was conceived. But there's this expectation in a relationship for there to be reciprocation, isn't there? And for us to be to, to go to that place where this God who loves us this much and has this much passion for us. I mean, I'm really working on this part of it. Here and when I'm in the same room and she's talking to me. You know what I mean? It's like, did you even hear what I said? Has that ever happened to anybody else? You don't have to raise your hand. That's just me being me up here in front of y'all. But um, <laughs> So we just had an anniversary this last week. But there, there, there's something I, I've, the, the biggest uh, uh, thing that God has helped me with in my, just my relationship with my wife is to be, uh, and I'm still working on it. She's praying for me in this regard. She's, sometimes she fasts and prays <laughs> with regard to this. These kind can only come out by prayer and fasting, you know. <laughs> but to, to become sensitive to what she desires. And, and to, to, to let go of things that might frustrate me and, and say, okay, what does she want? And f- for that to, to be found out, I have to listen to what she says. I want that so bad that I will even listen to what she says. <laughs> so so we, have, we have this amazing God that is so very, very passionate about us. And when he's looking at us, he's desiring that same reciprocation back from us. Does this make sense? To where we become so sensitive to his movements that we respond to them, that we care about them. And then when he speaks, we don't just, you know, it's like with our kids, if anybody's been a parent, one of the biggest challenges with kids is when you say to do something and they just kind of nod and sit there. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then you have to overcome the desire 
to feel, fulfill, to feel like you're fulfilling the command that if you don't take care of your kids, then you don't love them, right? <laughs> but with God, there's, there's this desire for him. He's God. And he speaks something to us. And just to acknowledge it, first of all. But Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to respond when I say something. Amen? There's going to be two sides to this. We, just, we can get mad at God for not doing something that we thought he should do. And we haven't even been with him. Does that make sense? And I'm saying this, God help me say this in a way that we can receive it, amen? Because this is necessary for us to go through. You know, there, there's, church, there's churches in the, in the world today that they cannot meet like we meet today. But you know what they tend to have on a lot higher scale is an awareness of their God that is with them continually. Amen? We met this man that's... that's a missionary in China. And you know what? These people know God. They're, they're listening to God. He told a story about how he was impressed with a couple of his, his uh, uh, students to, to just go north. That's all he knew is to go north, get in a vehicle and go north. And I'm not going to tell this completely okay, but it's going to be enough so you can get an idea anyway. <laughs> he just, he's just listening to the voice. Why? Because he has a relationship with an unseen God that he is giving enough attention to that he can be affected and he can bring salvation to somebody else. Sometimes the storm isn't the one we're going through. It's the one we're going to help somebody else to get through. Amen? And so he goes out, and all he knows is he's supposed to go north. And they're going, they're going down this road a little ways, and one of his students says, I, I really believe we, we should have taken that turn back there. And, and so they go back, and they take that turn. And then another student says, uh, I, I believe we should, we, we should go th this way. They end up out at the end of a dirt road at a gate. They go up to the gate, and they go up to the gate, and there was a man visiting there that happened to know this missionary from before. And it, 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 I forget what the details were, but there was salvation for this guy that it was by the spirit. They were listening. They were listening to the voice of a God who cares, who's always speaking to us and says, well, you just laid down the phone long enough. to." Be oh, yeah, this, this guy was, he, he was over. They have these, um, what do you call them, brothels, underage girl brothels, and this guy was over some of those. Anyway, they rescued those girls, and I believe he got saved, right? Um, I mean, amazing things happening. The, the, you know, some of these kids that are going through stuff in our world today, you talk about a storm, we can't even imagine and I believe God has called us to make a difference in that. But if we're not having the same kind of relationship that he desires us to have with him, we're going to be so consumed about what somebody said about us or something that we're going through. <laughs> we can't even hear him talking. Amen? Now, he wants to take us through whatever we're going through. But you know what? We do it as more than overcomers, not just barely get buyers. Amen? 
Are you good this morning? So our, our potential with God, and there's, there's an example out of the, out of the New Testament. You, you remember this, and I'm just going to read through it. The real weathering is, is in knowing him personally and a returned passion. This is where I want to get to today. Can we, can we just have this openness in our heart to just say, God, I'm not there yet. I want to be with you more. Amen. I don't want to just serve you. I don't want to just feel like I'm having to do something to get something from you. I want to be with you. Amen? Luke 17, 12. And, and he entered one village. Ten men approached him, but they kept their distance. They had social distancing. See, this is nothing new. I don't know about you, but that was when they first came out with it. Had you ever heard of social distancing before? It's like, man, somebody came up with that. But they were just reading the Bible. <laughs> so uh, so they, they, they were lepers. And so the, there was the, this contagious uh, disease. And they actually, it's not that as, as contagious as they thought, I don't believe. Because I, I looked it up. I don't think it's quite as bad. It's not nearly as bad as the, uh, the novel COVID. Uh, COVID. All right. As he entered one village, 10 men approached him, but they kept their distance for they were lepers. They shouted to him, mighty Lord, our wonderful master. Isn't this interesting? They all were shouting the same thing. It sounds like they're pretty religious, doesn't it? Sounds like they have a, an understanding of who Jesus is. But in each one of them, there might be a different perspective of what that actually that, that that relationship is going to be. It's going to be more like me with my dentist, right? Won't you have mercy on us and heal us? Their storm is leprosy. They can't live like a normal person anymore the rest of their life. They're having to wear a mask the rest of their life. When Jesus stopped and looked at them, he spoke these words, go to be examined by the Jewish priest. Isn't this interesting? He didn't even say be healed. This is how amazing Jesus is. Just his presence. They set off and they were healed while walking along the way. Isn't that amazing? Just having been with him for a moment. Now, here's the wonderful, this is the powerful thing about our God. Wherever you're at right now in your perception of him, you call on him and he's so merciful. He's so full of grace. You don't have to get all your P's and your Q's lined up. You don't have to be just this and that. You don't have to, you don't have to earn anything before him. Amen. And he healed these people. Now they did do something. They started walking towards, right? The Jewish priests. They started, that was faith in itself, wasn't it? But now, one of them, a foreigner from Samaria. Isn't this interesting? It doesn't say that the rest of them weren't foreigners. But this one was. He wasn't somebody that already considered himself to be okay because he was religiously, you know, conforming. His dependence wasn't on a process. He understood that there was more going on. He decided he wanted to keep the dentist card 
in the front of his Rolodex, right? When he found Jesus, oh, I didn't, I didn't get all that, did I? Uh, when he discovered that he, he was completely healed, he turned back to find Jesus, shouting out joyous praises and glorifying God. He made the connection that this wasn't just an answer that he got. This was a relationship. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, you are the Messiah. This man was a Samaritan. So where are the other nine? Jesus asked. Weren't there 10 who were healed? They all refused to return. You know, this, this translation is kind of interesting to me. I didn't see refused there before. But there's an attitude of almost disdain. I got what I want. Now I don't need what you want. Jesus wanted relationship. He said, I do all these good things. What about me? Do I get anything out of this? They all refuse to return to give thanks and give glory to God except you, a foreigner from Samaria. You should, they, they should have been back here, not you. You know, I, I believe this, this is for us. We got to say, I'm desperate for a relationship with God. I'm not going to lean on anything else that I've already got. You know, my, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in church. I've heard everything that you think I, <laughs> that you could think, you know, all the sermons. I traveled with Brother Hay and blah, 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 blah. But right now, I have to have God. Amen. 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 I'm not leaning on any of that stuff. Amen. I'm thankful that all of it comes with him. And that I can stand on things based upon my relationship with him. But I'm, I'm not looking somewhere else when he's right here to be seen. Amen? Okay, so how to be with him on the day of trouble. Are right, y'all doing good? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll go through this quick, okay? There's a need to maintain contact. And, and this is just going to be some basic stuff we can do, all right? Though a refuge is greatly needed, it is God himself that is sought. David was so good at this. He said, I need deliverance from my enemies. What am I going to do about it? He said, I'm going to seek God. Here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him. Every moment in his house. Finding, this almost sounds like how God was seeing him in the other chapter, right? I, I want to, every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Don't you like that? In his shelter. So here's what happens. How, how are you going to be prepared when that storm does come? You have to already be in him. You already have to be with him. So this is going to have to be, I, I don't hate to say this. I challenge us in saying this. If God's really our God, he has to be our God all the time. All the time. It has to be our choice to be with him. Amen? In his shelter in the day of trouble. Not 
desperately scrambling or running down the road to get there. But already there, that's where you'll find me. Amen? For he hides me there in his holy, holiness. It, it, the hiding is not the, the reward. He's the reward. You get the hiding as a result. Amen? This is why this is so necessary for us. Let's just get something from God today. Let's get God. Amen? He has smuggled me into a secret place where I'm kept safe and secure, out of reach of all my enemies. Triumphant now, I'll bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen, and you can hear the fanfare of my shouts of praise to the Lord. Okay, this is going to have to be a becoming for some of us, isn't it? <laughs> this ecstatic shouting of joy and all this kind of stuff. Wow, that's kind of weird. That's kind of beyond where I, I feel comfortable right now. But you know, if you get in the right, if you get in the right atmosphere, if you, if your team, if the right team is playing in front of you, you know, there, there's things you end up doing. That it's like, where did that come from? I don't know, right? <laughs> when God becomes your life, you'll find yourself. This will be evidence of it. You'll find yourself doing things that you might not have done, getting happy about some things. Amen. All right. John 5, 19. So Jesus said, I speak to you the timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through uh, my own initiative. He's talking about himself, isn't he? I only do the works that I see the father doing for the son does the same works as his father. Disciples asking him, you know, uh, can we see the father? He says, you see me, you see the father. Why? Because for Jesus, you know, we can say, well, Jesus, he's the son of God. He's doing all these kind of amazing things. You know how he did it? Because he chose to be with his father continually. He chose a relationship with his father. Uh, again, I'm going to really enjoy getting the replay of the, of the times on the mountain when he's talking to his father. What was he talking about? Probably talking about Peter saying, man, how am I going to deal with that numbskull? Right? <laughs> but you wonder if, if he wasn't just talking a relationship conversation with his father. And now, every time he did something, it wasn't him just doing it. He was doing it because he was with his father. God wants this for us. And I know this, is, this might be a little bit of a stretch for us, but I believe by the Spirit, we're, we can see some things today. Amen? This is necessary for the weathering of the storm that's coming. Frequent counsel, okay, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Now, be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Now, the only thing about this Passion Translation, it's just almost over the top for us uh, dude uh, guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is kind of, but this is how God is. He's not just halfway on things. It's over the top, isn't it? Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. What I'm wanting to talk about, uh, get us to on this, if, if he's going to be our, our God, if we're going to actually be in relationship with him, we're not just going to be taken, we're not supposed to be anxious about anything. There's not... So, again, my wife and I, if, if I encounter something and she finds out 
that I was going through something that I didn't tell her about earlier. She said, why didn't you tell me that? Okay, all the men say amen, right? Why didn't you tell me that? You knew that. Why didn't you tell me that? God is all the time saying, you're going through this and you're not telling me about it? Well, you know, we could say, well, you already know about it. But he wants to have a conversation. Here's what happens. The biggest conversations that help you are the ones where somebody allows you to talk. Amen? And in the process of talking, you come to a solution. Is this true? Most of the time, if we'll strike up a conversation with the God of creation, actually begin to pour out our hearts. David did this so well. Pour out our hearts about it. You know what will happen is he'll help scripture to come to mind. You'll start to get a solution that you couldn't have had if you hadn't struck up this conversation. And it will actually be God giving you an answer. But it's coming out of your mouth because you chose to have a conversation with him. Amen? I believe that that's what this passage is talking about in everything. Don't just carry it yourself. Why? Because in the, time, in the day of trouble, when the big storm comes, if you're not already here, if you're not already used to talking to God about the little things, you won't have faith for the big things. Amen? How do we get there? How do we become this? We start practicing this on a daily basis. God's our, our present help in the time of trouble. All the time. It doesn't have to be big trouble. It can be just anything we're going through. Amen? And then in the day of trouble, where's he going to find us? Right there, already talking to him. Already in relationship with him. Already listening to what he has to say about it. Amen? Just a comment real quick too. God wants to speak by his spirit through us. He can't speak through us if our mouth isn't open. Amen? Romans 6 or 8, 26 how many, you just don't know what to say? Huh. Something's wrong, but I just don't know what to say. <laughs> and this is where Jesus, he said, I'm going to send somebody for you that's going to help you with this. I'm going to help, uh, I'm going to send a comforter. What's a comforter? Somebody that when you have a, a conversation with them, they help you to get to a resolution of it. Can we say it that way? They're not always just patting you on the back and saying everything's going to be okay. They're helping you to get to what you need to do to make a change that's going to bring a difference too. Amen? So, in Romans here, he's, he's referring to this promise that we have from Jesus. Jesus is going away. They're never going to see him again. He said, but I'm going to send a comforter. And through him, you're going to actually be able to know me all the time. All the time. And when you don't know what to say, that's no excuse. You get to just keep saying. Because it's going to come right out of your spirit. It'll be a river of living water. Amen? In the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, we need to just go ahead and say, okay, and sometimes I'm weak. And when I'm weak, then he becomes strong. Amen? We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself, and if we could just take pray out of that, sometimes we want to get into the, 
into the religious stance at that point. We don't know how to have a conversation with God. Can we say it that way? Because there's something going on. We just don't know quite how, how to present it to him. But the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, through things that come up from the inside. He's given us a gift for this so that we never have an excuse to not be with him in the spirit. Amen? And he searches our hearts, knows, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit. He knows God because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Here's the wonderful thing about this. If we just stay in our own realm too long, we can get into doubt and unbelief and <laughs> we're not even with God anymore because we're so much against something. But by the Spirit, we can stay in a realm where we're always praying according to the will of God. That's why this comforter is so wonderful. You stay in that place. And then, here's, one, here, here's what's cool about this, is he begins to impart you what, to you what you can say in your understanding. He begins to show you what to say. So, I'll, I told you falsely. There was one more. But I just wanted to get your heartbeat up real quick. Just for a second. Okay. Jude one twenty. But you, my delightfully lovely friends. And I'm saying that to you all today. Okay, Constantly and progressively. Build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. By praying every moment in the spirit. Man. This is a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> So I'm just going to go back real quickly to, to uh, 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 an example that got us to this place. And it's where Jesus is in the bottom of the boat. And the, and the disciples are, are come up and they say, Master, don't you know that we're going to sink? The boat's going down. The boat's going down. That's just what you want to hear. You know, I, 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 I've, I've seen that the, Jesus was probably annoyed at them for not speaking in faith. And they were saying actually the opposite. But I was wondering, too, if, if he wouldn't have just liked for them to say, Master, save us. You know, recognizing him as the solution, as, as him as the answer, rather than saying something negative, right? But what did he say to them? He said, where is your faith? I need to hear some faith. I need to hear some faith. What happens when we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we pray in the Spirit? It allows for faith to be built up so that it can be heard. And no matter what you're going through, as long as you're praying in the Spirit, there's a source of faith. Where the sound of faith can be heard. And there can be an answer. Amen. Father, we thank you.